Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, and welcome to this special episode of the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Ashley Quinlan, Bike Radar's Senior Technical Editor for Road and Gravel. Last month, I visited Spain to get a glimpse of Pinarello's bike plans for 2023 and beyond, which, until today, has been slightly shielded from view. But with the news that Pinarello has refreshed its Nitro lineup of e-bikes, the remodelling of the range is complete. So, what was the idea behind the changes? How has Pinarello been able to move forward in an industry still troubled by supply issues and ever-rising costs? I spoke to Federico Sabrissa, the person responsible for the company's product and brand strategy, to find out. Just like my previous chat in February with Maurizio Bellin, this interview was recorded in a particularly echoey hotel room. So apologies for any drops in sound quality. So I'm joined by Federico Sabrissa. Federico, thank you for joining me. Uh, tell us, first of all, uh, your role at Pinarello so our listeners understand who you are. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. So uh, I'm in charge of, uh, I'm the chief marketing officer of the company, yep. uh, which basically means I supervise two different departments. One is the marketing and communication. And the other one is the product marketing team. So uh, I also lead all the product, uh, you know, concept, uh, product positioning and everything. So from the beginning of the product process till the communication of it. Okay, so that, that, that covers an awful lot of bases. Um, but by the time this podcast uh, goes out, you know, everyone will know about the new rate ranges of bikes from, you know, Pinarello, uh, the F-Series the X-Series, and also the E-Series as well. Um, that's a lot of bikes. Um, and given the, you know, the time that we've all been through in the last two to three years, um, you know, it, that's quite, a, quite an achievement. You know, Pinarello hasn't been sitting around, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Definitely not. So, yeah, it has been, you know, I think this process of um, reorganization of the product range started about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been quite a few new people joining the company here around uh, the end of 2020. So we 
definitely started immediately to work on the new product concept and the new product uh, lines. So we've been quite intensively working on it. Uh, to be very fair, we were yeah. supposed to launch this range a few months back, a few months ago. Then we had some issues with the supply chain and the arrival of some of the components. So we had to postpone a little bit the launch. But yeah, we definitely put a lot of effort into new product development. And it's not over yet. So we have quite a few more coming in the next uh, few months. So yeah, there was the need definitely of some of some big innovation in, in you know, not only in our, let's say, you know, important, uh, the Dogma range, which, you know, uh, actually we launched a new Dogma straight in the middle of the pandemic. So yeah. uh, <laughs> that was definitely a bit harder from a time point of view, but also in the rest of the range, there was a strong need of, uh, of having more products in the range. And so we definitely accelerated and invested a lot in the R&D team, especially, which did, you know, 95% of the job. Uh, and so we got new people in team, we got new managers, we got new engineering team, we got, you know, quite a few more people joining the company to focus really on the product development. So it's a, it's a little bit about growth for Pinarello at the moment then, um, you know, controlled growth, because, you know, what makes Pinarello so capable of, you know, introducing and, and creating and developing these new bikes, you know, in a time when there have been so many pressures on the markets, you know, you talk, talked about it yourself, where, you know, that we've had supply chain issues, for example. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's been an incredibly difficult time in order to you know, generate new bikes and to create new new ways of thinking. And, you know, what makes Pinarello capable of doing that? I think for a lot of companies, there's been a lot of breaking down on launching new products, mm -hmm. not really on developing, I think, them. Uh, it's more about because of the overlapping of seasons, uh, because of the overlapping of the lack of components and stuff, there's been you know quite a lot of companies which decided not to launch products because they had previous stock or because they were missing components. So everything got a lot delayed. It wasn't actually a problem for us because to be very fair, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but we quite are more or less sold out since forever. So yeah. we don't have you know, stock to worry about. Um, and so we really focused on making new products, but without worrying about the stock or the leftovers or what groups and so. so we might have some problems maybe a little bit next month with the overlapping <laughs> of you know, some groups which are coming in the market. But overall, we didn't have to worry about our previous stock because we are launching new products, which we didn't really have mm. uh, before in the range. And for sure, we do not have any stock of the previous generation. So we've been free from that point of view to really focus on opening up the range, making new products without worrying too much about it. Even in the market, you know, very often you think about distribution, about your retailers, and you worry about their stocks, uh, but there's none. So we don't have really an issue there. And so we really focused on making new products, making new bikes, and try to put the most effort on it. So what's the overall thinking behind these new ranges? Um, because, you know, there, there, are, there are products with names, for example, the, the Prince, which I believe is now is now sort of history, um, there, and other bikes besides. And we've got, we've got the F-Series coming, the X-Series coming. How does it all fit into the hierarchy? Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, one of the biggest uh, challenges we had uh, it was definitely there was not a lot of clarity in the mm. range offering before. Um, so there was a lot of bikes, not that they were missing, but there was not a lot of clarity on the positioning of the bikes or especially not really focus on who is the customer or the riders which is supposed to buy them and to like them. Mm. That was a little bit of confusion. So we just simply tried to make it a bit more clear um, for people to understand uh, what the bike are for and especially to design them to, pro to, to, to create them really targeting a specific consumer. So I think the first thing we did, we split the range into big halves, let's say. One is really to make product design for competition, 
Mm-hmm. Not only dogma, the dogma everybody knows <laughs> what it's made for. Uh, so not only, and so, but we also to create more products with you know racing geometry, with lightness, with racing features, you know stiff frames, uh, a lot of reactivity. So redesigned for racing in different levels, in different price points, different materials, but also to open up a new range. That's what you call X series, which is brand new for Pinarello. So, which is creating. Um, a series of bikes, uh, which you know will enlarge also uh, by the end of the year. So it's just the beginning, a little beginning of the range, uh, which are created for those cyclists. Which you know, I'm not talking about their performance level; that doesn't really matter. But for those cyclists which are looking into making big rides, but they're not looking not looking for winning a, a Tour de France or a race. They're looking to enjoy the pleasure of a ride, and so we design bikes with specific geometry, specific materials designed to get a little bit extra comfort on long rides in terms of positioning, but also features of the bike, uh, still keeping you know, a high level of performance and drivability, which are key to Pinarello. So, and that's actually a brand new range uh, that we added in. So it's, you know, uh, it's going to become a pretty complex architecture, but you know, in a very simple words, every time you're going to see the F-Lights uh, stick on a bike, yeah. it's going to talk about it's a bike made for competition. Every time you're going to see an X-Letter, this cross-Letter, it's a bike which is designed for comfort performance but you know definitely with a little bit more an eye to the comfort side of it and to the endurance side of it yes well you just said it there endurance i think pinarello in the past with the names of the products that you've had um there's been nothing wrong with those names but it can be unclear as to what who that bike is for it's a it almost felt to me at least when i was looking at it a rate of dogma at the top as a race bike and then you had the prince which is kind of like a race bike but 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 not quite a dogma and then you had a GAN in there somewhere. You had other 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 road bikes besides, and it was very difficult to, to match up the name to what that bike was intended to do. Whereas now, it seems like we've got your, as you say, a you know the performance side with the F marker. So you've got the Dogma at the very top, and then you have your your F series, and there are there are numbers that are, go with that. So you've got your F nine and your F seven, and remind me, I think it's the F five as well. Correct. Um, and 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 they're slightly different tiers of of that F series, and that's your race side, and then you've got your endurance bikes as well, so your X series, and and so it feels like Pinarello has has simplified uh, the way the way you've approached it, and that sounds that sounds like you know are you trying to appeal more simply to to more riders? I think uh, the answer is yes and no. Uh, yes, because obviously that is uh, a clear goal. Yeah. But also no, because I think there was definitely, as you mentioned, some, some clarity issues before. It's not really to criticize what was done in the past, but overall there was uh, this idea to design, you know, to also to use historical names, which is somehow great because Prince has an amazing history, Paris has an amazing history that's yes. been written by some of the most, you know, fantastic athletes of our history of cycling. But then, you know, over the years, that became quite confusing because, you know, the Prince was a bike which won, you know, tons of races, but then now it's, and it's then the Paris the was the bike from, from Miguel Indurain, and then it's, you know, an entry-level bike. So it was a bit confusing. So we decided, you know, unfortunately to get, to, to change those names, which, you know, for sure was quite of a debated issue, as you can imagine. A hotly debated um, issue, I'm sure. <laughs> but to make it more clear, and especially on the F, you know, this F letter is something which, was introduced in a company long ago, mm. uh, and you know it is pretty clear as a synonym of racing for Pinarello because you know the F9, the F8, sorry, the F8, the F10, the F12, the Dogma F. So that letter F means for us quite, you know, and for our customers too, uh, means racing. And so we decided to make it the name of the category and then to make a range inside it, uh, 
uh, and then to simplify it and also offering different combinations of materials and components because mm-hmm. you know in Pinarello world especially dogmas currently you know it is you know only an extra premium bike so you can only buy it as a single frame, which you know has a pretty important price, and then you you basically buy it only with the top end specs. Yes, uh, like so, Dura SDI two, yeah. super record EPS, and, tram red, and with the most premium carbon fiber layup you can find in the market. So obviously the price has a pretty intense price tag, and yeah. there's nothing below. So again, and you know there's a lot of riders which want the same performance or very close to it, but you know cannot afford to to pay. Uh, that price and so mm-hmm. we decided to offer also Tegra and Shimano 105 Day 2 so which are fantastic groups that just a little bit heavier uh, but performance wise they're great also in these F packages so the F5 will come actually with the Shimano 105 Day 2 uh, and then the F7 will come with Ultegra Day 2 that's the one I've been riding yeah and then the F9 is still of course a premium bike with Durace Day 2 and SRAM Riadita Vagloro so it's coming with uh, with a full package of components to be able to offer yes to a broader range of consumers but also to make it a bit more clear what the bike are made for. So the geometry, you know, I, I don't want to use say it's the same of the dogma because that doesn't really ma- means anything. It's the racing geometry Pinarello has been developing over the past at least 40 years. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same now, which, you know, the last, you know, seven of the last 11 to the France has been worn on that geometry. So it is the exact same geometry, just in a little bit different size curve uh, that we have been using for the past, uh, you know, decades mm-hmm. uh, to make you know what we believe to be you know the most performing racing bikes uh for so that's the same so it's more clarity and a bit more depth in the range to serve more customers that's the plan basically yes and 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 to that point as well that you know with the um with the f series being available in nine different sizes i believe yeah um i've never known a bike brand to offer that many size options before um, well, we do offer 11 or 12. On oh, the well, there you go. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, actually a little, little reduction. So, yeah, Dogma is, was used to being 12 sizes. Okay. But yeah. one size was called the Mark Cavendish size because it was the bike which was the size that was developed for him. Especially uh, for Mark, yeah. yes. And then, you know, it didn't make a lot of sense for the market. So, we got rid of the, that size in the Dogma F. Dogma F now is 11 sizes, mm-hmm. uh, which is by far the broadest. <laughs> And then, of course, we go down to nine now for the for the F series or the X series. So it's a little bit less on the extreme, but on the curve inside, it's pretty similar. To. Yeah, and and so you know, I think with all with these new bikes coming in, um, you know, Pirelli, Pirelli's. I don't mean Pirelli. It's I mean Pinarello. Yeah. Pinarello's you know brand positioning has always been incredibly important. You know, you've got a long term partnership with Team Sky yeah. now Ineos, which. It has run since the inception of that team and all the way through. For our UK listeners, you know, Pinarello is almost synonymous with, you know, with with, with that team being sort of the national team, if you like, on, on the Pro Tour. And it's kind of helped it affirm its status in, in, in the past sort of 10 to 15 years, I su- you know, suppose, because we're talking more modern beyond Miguel Indurain, you know, since Bradley Wigg- Wiggins won his first tour. Um, you know, I... I guess what I'm trying to get at is it's, it's helped to affirm its status as one of the leading performance performance brands in cycling. Do, you know, do you think these new bikes will change that at all, for better or for worse? I imagine you've gone into it with the best of intentions to improve the brand um, with you know people who, who who look at the brand. But do you, you know, how do you see it changing, if at all? I don't think it's going to change actually. Okay. Um, our Let's say the dogma uh, 
which is you know the most famous bike for sure in our range and the mm. most successful also in terms of of business and also you know of victories uh, it's going to be there and we're going to keep renewing it so not really any big changes there the team is going to race with the same bike and the new one and the new one and the new one so there's going to be continuous evolution on that particular bike the new frame that we developed with the F-Series, not by chance it's a different frame, because uh, to make it very simple, if you wanted to sell more, we just had to take down the Dogma F, which is what actually, I would say, 99% of the other brands are doing. So they develop one frame, which is for the pro team, and then they just make it cheaper and more available. Uh, that's not the choice we made. We're going to even offer more in the future frames mm-hmm. uh, to very specifically design them for the consumers we made for, but also to maintain this very unique design and performance that the Dogma has. Mm. Also design-wise, um, the Dogma has very unique design features, which, which also make it, you know, you know, something you really love it or you don't. Mm. Uh, the F-Series is a little bit smoother, a little bit easier in terms of design, also to be, you know, to make it a little bit more democratic, I would say. Yeah. Uh, more available, more more, yeah. more attainable. Exactly. Uh, so it, that's why we decided to make different frames. And so to keep the Dogma what it is, exclusive, designed for the best team, for the best team, for one of the best team in the in the cycling team, the cycling world tour. Uh, and then in terms of, of, of marketing strategy, in terms of sponsoring strategy, the F series will be the race frame that we will supply all, you know, the Continental under 23 women's team. So every other team that we sponsor except the team Minos will be racing on that bike. So okay. for us, it's yeah. also a little bit of a strategy of positioning uh, the, the, the bikes. But, you know, performance-wise, we are really happy. I mean, most of you guys today have been riding on the bike. So, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we can say that, you know, definitely is a fantastic bike to ride. So uh, <laughs> we hope so, at least. So that's our goal, clearly. I, th- I think as well, the fact that you are going to position the F, the F9 towards your, you know, your under 23 team races and mm-hmm. essentially everyone but team in your site. And I, I guess that, I guess that kind of proves the point that that bike is designed, is, is still a thoroughbred racer. It's still designed yeah, to be absolutely. an absolute, high, you know, a high, high positioned performance mm-hmm. bike. Um, it's not just a cheap off no, uh, of, of the Dogma, for example. Def- dogma definitely, is, definitely not. No, it becomes more of a, I guess ex- exper- uh, exper- experimental mm-hmm. bike, if, if you like, and just be more at the sort of the cutting edge. Absolutely. So uh, it's also quite of, you know, Dalma is also, how, how do you say, it's also um, a very unique product, right? So it yeah. has also the, the fame of the name. So there is a lot of other valuables, variables in, into the bike. Uh, which goes a little bit beyond the performance side. Mm-hmm. So it's the colors offering, design, the customization. Yeah. There's going to be also a big difference in the range because, as you you know, as, as most of our of listeners will see, the F-Series is a simplified range. So it goes for colors, f- for combinations. So it's a simplified range, which is designed also to be easier to access and a bit more available to customers. Mm-hmm. And not now because, you know, still we are in the supply chain issues, a crisis, but yeah. maybe in one year or something will be easier to buy without waiting a year or something uh, the dogma range uh, because of its nature because of the way it's produced because of the way where it's painted it, it will be still remaining i mean hopefully easier than now but still quite of a hard reach because we offer tons of customization we offer tons of colors we, you know dogma now is in 14 colors in catalog mm. plus we get the customization with the my way program then you you know you can choose components you can choose gears you can choose wheels so at the end is is a custom you know, 
build that we want to make it even more customizable in the future. So that is going to make a huge split between the F-Series and the Dogma Series. Also the style and design and the colors. The F-Series will only be offered in catalog colors. Mm. It's not going to be customization there. And in a, you know, also the gears, the wheels components will be offered as a you know, more simplified version. So As a package deal. Yeah, that, that will make a huge difference in the, you know, in the style and the offering of the bike too. Sure. And it's, it's a similar sort of thing with the X-Range as well, mm -hmm. I believe. That, you know, this, this will... This or the cross range. Yeah. What do we call it? The X range or the cross range? We like more X, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. If, as Maurizio explained before, it's the idea is like it's a cross range between you know racing performance and comfort. So it's it's yeah. it's both the thing. You know, we had to choose a letter. We thought that was a good one. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. An insight into how Pinarello decides how to name its bikes. So we just decided, mm, yeah, X sounds like a nice letter. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, you know, it the the X range is is more your endurance bike and. Again, it doesn't over, it doesn't seem to overcomplicate things with customization or too many different spec options. It knows what it's trying to be, and it aims directly towards a certain you know certain price points uh, that you know you guys have decided for each of the markets, and and so because it's it, it's that more simplified way of getting into it, having a Pinarello bike. Um, I guess, do you see that meaning that it's going to appeal to, to more riders who may normally look at a Pinarello and say, I'd like one of those, but I can't afford it, or it's out of my reach, or it's too good for me, potentially, or, you know, I just can't justify it. Is, is, is the X-Range designed to open the doors to sort of Pinarello performance and and style, I suppose? Uh, definitely, yes. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to look at this. Uh, there are two, in my point of view. One is that... Not every single cyclist is looking forward to buy the same bike which was designed for, let's name it, a, a Tom Pitcock, you know, or mm. a Chris Froome, or Bradley Wiggins, or a Filippo Ganna. These are, you know, amazing athletes uh, with amazing physiques. Mm. And those bikes have been designed to make the best we could offer in terms of technology and positioning for those type of riders. Mm -hmm. And all those, you know, regular cyclists, which aim to the same. But as you know, a big amount of people that are just looking for fantastic performance, great ride, great, you know, great feeling of the bike, but they're different physics and they're looking for different characteristics from their bikes. And that's why the X-Range has been designed. Mm. Uh, trying to give uh, the same, you know, what, you know, Pinarello is known for a lot of things, for sure, uh, but clearly the ride feeling, the, you know, drivability, how you call it in English. Yeah, rideability, uh, Rideability, yeah. the, you know, the, the positioning experiences, uh, the materials, uh, the design, all these things are now available on a bike which is designed for customers which are now looking to win a Tour de France. Uh, and the X-Range, uh, now again, as I said, it's starting from, let's say, the beginning, the bottom, mm -hmm. because we needed to get also some more approachable bike. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of new people, luckily for us, there's a lot of, you know, uh, in the last few years, there's been a lot of people approaching cycling again. So, uh, and they don't want to probably start from, you know, a 15,000 pound bike, yeah. uh, but for something which is a little bit more affordable, but also in terms of performance and geometry, etc., which is more adapted to a body which is new to cycling. So mm -hmm. that's actually what we call it, the entry level, the entry point to the Pinarello brand experience. And then that range will grow. So we'll have more options, even, you know, very high end options mm -hmm. and have very super high performance options uh, to that. So yeah, definitely that's kind of the reasoning behind this, uh, this, this range. Um, I think the and one thing which is very clear to us is that Pinarello, despite of the amazing brand uh, um, awareness, mm -hmm. it's a very small company. 
Yes. Uh, you know, very small compared to the brand awareness. So there is a lot of demand uh, for the brand, mm. which is also the reason why, you know, we, you know, even if right now there is some stock challenges in the industry, there are some, you know, things coming maybe next month, we don't really have that issue because the demand, luckily, is much higher than what has always been offered. And that's a little bit of a global thing, you know, more or less all market. So we definitely see a lot of opportunities there to offer, you know, more bikes and a broader range to, you know, serve more customers. That's basically the goal because the brand is desired. So you know, we hope to be able to serve more people. Also, the delivery time has always been an issue, uh, not only on Dogmas, but even on Prince and Paris. They were more or less always managed to order so that you, you know, you had to expect, you know, if you were lucky, it could have been very quick. But in general, you had to expect a quite of a long waiting time, yeah. even for our entry-level bikes, which is also something that customers are not really willing to wait. No, of course. And potentially, you know, lost sales when, when yeah, that happens, sure. right? You really go to another brand who can offer you a bike in the time frame that you want it. So, you know, hopefully this simplified process, um, simplified range and simplified process should enable you to serve customers a little bit quicker hopefully yeah. uh, obviously supply chain not not, not this year <laughs> <for sure. laughs> you know whether we like it or not but the new f series and x series are already actually sold out from mm. so basically everything we can produce is already allocated to a dealer to an independent bike dealers which already placed an order so you know there will be bikes in the yeah. stores but you know again we are quite sold out as a company so everything we could produce is actually basically already allocated to a dealer or distributor. So if uh, you're listening to this podcast and you've been reading our news stories or first ride reviews and you feel like you would, you might like to investigate an F-series or an X-series bike and get onto that Pinarello ladder, um, check out your uh, st- your local your local dealer or your local stores because uh, Pinarello won't be able to deliver one too quickly. But that's because of the supply chain issues, right? And it's it's an issue that all brands are facing. Yeah, right now. fortunately, yes. There's definitely on on high end road. Uh, there is definitely still a lot of lack of components. Mm. It has been changing quite quickly in some segments, especially in mountain bikes or entry level bikes. Mm-hmm. But in the high end road, let's say 105 Ultegra. Yes. And to race, there's still definitely a lot of lack of components and the delivery times are still extremely long. So, you know, let's say everything before a casted and purchased two years ago is coming now. Yeah. So we are able to basically, you know, finally present this bike and, mm. you know, starting from, you know, the end of February, beginning of March, there will be quite a few bikes hitting the market. But then it's going to take, you know, quite a few months to deliver all the bikes that we got ordered, you know, technically speaking, more than two years ago. And... I'd like to just because when this podcast goes out, uh, you know, we'll publish this in line with your with your new e-bike range uh, going live. So I'd I'd just like to ask you a quick question on that before we before we wrap up e-bikes and Pinarello. When 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 I arrived at, at this at this press event, I, I I didn't think the two really matched very well. I knew about the nitro, I knew the nitro was there and it'd been in, in the range, but. It didn't feel very core to Pinarello, but this 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 appears the E series appears to be a bit of a sort of growth in that space. Is this, is this something that Pinarello is now starting to prioritize? Uh, I mean, I don't know if prioritize is the right word. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it's an important part of the range where we want to grow. You know, finally, but Pinarello has been the first uh, brand to make a road e bike. Mm. It was the first one. The Nitro was the first one really developed uh, with this goal to make a you know light performing road bike with a motor. So uh, and then for a few years it has not been really evolved. So I think after nearly six years it was the time to make to make an innovation. Mm. Um, I think there is definitely 
a lot of reasons uh, about that product. You know, for sure, you know, a lot of people would not like it or would actually hate it as a concept. And, and we are totally fine with it. You know, we are all cyclists and so we or ex-cyclists, so we, yeah. we do understand why. Uh, but on the other side, we always have to keep in mind that the world is big and that there are a lot of different people in the world and everybody needs to be respected. So you can be the fastest pro cyclist or amateurs, but you, we all need to respect even those ones, which, you know, might not have the same amount of time mm -hmm. for training uh, or the age, for example, and they still want to enjoy a fantastic ride. Uh, doing a big mountain passes, riding with friends which are younger or have more time for training. So there's a lot of other people in the world which do deserve the respect because they want to enjoy a bike ride. And I think it's our, you know, we, we have to be able to serve even those guys uh, or girls uh, because it's, it's, you know, I think at the end, cycling is a passion we hopefully all <laughs> share uh, and we need to have more people to able to be able to enjoy the same beautiful sport. Uh, if you need some support, what's the problem with it? It's not a racing, we're not racing, so it's no, nothing really wrong there. So no. it's just for fun. And this new generation of bikes, I think, uh, is a fantastic um, compromise because with the new motor, the new frame that we have been designing, the lightness, because to be very fair, it's the lightest you know, central motor mm. bike in the market, and the way the geometry has been developed, the frame has been developed, it gives a fantastic riding feeling mm -hmm. on the down and on the flight. So it, it is really a proper bike, let's call it like this, and yeah. to be very fair. Uh, and you get quite some extra power, but in a package which is very different from the previous motors in the industry, it is very smooth and very silent. So the feeling when you're riding it, it is you basically don't feel it, let's be fair. So uh, you have this fantastic sensation of pedaling yourself. It works really well also at high cadence. So if you are used to pedal over 65 or 70 around per minute, that's a huge difference compared to the previous motors, which were ending the, yeah. the performance here. You get this very smooth, very consistent power output, which actually supports you for quite a lot of hours uh, during the climbs. And you can ride the bike on the downhill without any support. You can ride it on the flat without any support. The bike is going to be really fast and really smooth. So that's the reason why we developed that range for both road and gravel. I mean, it's not going to become our main business. That's pretty clear. So if we don't want to change the company and, you know, the do just e-bikes, in fact, it's a very specialized product, very high-end, very prestigious. It's not really an entry-level bike for all. But we definitely think there's a lot of uh, demand, especially also for a beautiful-looking bike. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find the beautiful e-bikes in the market uh, with the design and aesthetic, with the same components in terms of handlebars, of frame, wheels. So it's basically a super premium bike range with the same components we use on our Dogmas or on our F9, F7, F5 range, mm. uh, but just with a little, you know, well, little actually, 300 watts is not really little, with quite a few extra power yeah. uh, hidden into it. So that's the reason why we made it. So do we expect to make huge sales? Not really. Uh, we understand it's not, a massive market, uh, you know, e-mountain bikes is a massive market, e-road bikes is an emerging market, is new, is growing pretty strong, but it's not a massive market. So we're not expecting to sell millions of them, but for sure we expect to get uh, to get some happy customers, some more happy customers. And we definitely get requests. We have a pretty big list of our customers waiting for a bike like this, to be very fair. So yeah, we're looking forward to see how it goes. Sounds good. Well, our listeners, if you haven't already, you can read about the new E-Line uh, bikes and the new E-Series bikes uh, on bikeradar.com right now. So go ahead and go and check that out. Uh, but all that leaves me to say is, Federico, thank you for your time. Thank you very thank, much. Thank you for joining us. And 
yeah, um, I will see you again for future launches. You you teased in there that there might be some new bikes coming, uh, you know, this year or next year, and uh, we're looking forward to that. So uh, we'll um, we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends, or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 